Welcome, everybody, yeah, to the yeah. Live, Live, Live edition of Under the Mat Radio. This is your host, Tech, with co-host. And I see Game Boy, what it is, what it do. Yes, welcome, everybody, here to Under the Mat Radio, episode 999, or no. Everybody, this is your host, Tech, with co-host NSC Game Boy. Real quick, just to let you know, thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow us on Under the Mat Radio on Facebook. Type in Under the Mat Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Tech underscore UTMR. You can follow NSC Game Boy on, Game Boy on Twitter, at... NSC Game Boy, spelled correctly, ladies and gentlemen. Spell it correctly. Yes, please. See so it correctly, and of course you can follow us on Instagram. Type in under the mat radio, all one word. And if you need to email us with any questions or concerns or any ideas you may have for the show, because it is for you, the fans and listeners out there, just go to under the mat radio at gmail dot com. We have a very great show for you today. First off, what we have, who we have here live, we're going to bring it momentarily. Well, is the owner and executive producer of IHWE, David Fuller. Also at the top of the hour at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we will have nationally known comedian Alabama will be joining us. And, of course, around quarter after the time slot, we will bring in one of our great correspondents, Shinblade, as me, Shinblade, and the NFC Game Boy will be going over a quick recap of Night of Champions as well as other news that's going around. But without that being said, without further ado, we're going to bring in a man of IHWE, the owner and executive producer, David Feller. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, hey what's going on? Thank you. Thank you for, you know, giving us the opportunity to have you on. Uh, first off, we're going to let you give yourself a little introduction uh, let everybody know that's listening uh, around the world um, who you are um, and what it is that you uh, take care of at IHWE. Well, uh, I'm David Fuller. I've been in professional wrestling for 16 years, going on 17. Uh, I was trained in 1998 by the legendary Johnny Valentine. He is the father of WWE Hall of Famer Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, over the years, I've wrestled, I've promoted, I've booked, I've announced, I've done everything there is to do in professional wrestling. And uh, in 1998, I started a company called Insane Hardcore Wrestling, IHW, in a backyard in Fort Worth, Texas. But we, were, uh, we weren't backyard wrestling that involved people just jumping off of stuff and landing on the light tubes and using shopping carts and just doing a bunch of uh, ridiculous stuff. Uh you know, I would have made a lot more money had I done that stuff. But uh, <laughs> we stuck to just having a wrestling show. to just happened to be in the backyard. We had a real ring. We had real talent. We had, back in 1998, before anybody knew who these people were, we had Spanky Brian Kendrick. We had oh. the Red Dog, the Mac Attack, Rodney Mack, before he was killing white boys on Monday Night Raw. He was killing white boys in our backyard. We had Jazz, who, in my, I think, in my opinion, is the greatest woman champion of the modern wrestling era before she went to ECW. And a guy started with us that would later be known as the only professional wrestler to have any kind of a mixer during the Academy Awards, the Necro Butcher. So Whoa. we had, that was us. We were kids. We were kids in high school. 
and now all these years later we uh now we promote uh live events in Texas. We've also began the Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame, which hosts some of the most legendary and iconic names in wrestling history. People like Bruiser Brody, Stan Valeria Hansen, the legendary Kamala, the list goes on and on and on. In twenty fifteen the Von Eric family will take their place in this Hall of Fame that we began. Uh, we have a weekly episodic television show that is available via digital distribution. Uh, it's ICWTV. It's wrestling from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just like you used to watch. Uh, we uh, uh, we have about, uh, I want to say, 10 episodes online right now that you can watch anytime you want. There's You don't have to pay anything. You know, this is episode 999, but you don't have to pay 999 to see ICWB TV. <laughs> you can watch it for absolutely free. And it's a weekly episodic program. We're going to be taping a lot more episodes this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, we have the biggest ICWB show of all time. We'll get into that here in a few minutes. But some of the people that have passed through ICWB, as I said, Rodney Mack, Jazz, Necro Butcher, Brian Kendrick, Johnny Gargano was just an ICWB, and you can find his match at our YouTube site. Uh, Maniac Matt Bourne, who was my friend. Uh, the late, great General Skandar Akbar. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, the uh, Lenny Lane of the people that have come through IWE. I have been very fortunate. I have been very blessed. I have a wonderful team around me. I have gotten to work with so many legends. Foley, Terry Funk. Uh, I, I'm currently working with Jim Cornette right now. I've gotten to work with so many legends. I just uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself to make sure this is really happening. I'll be writing a book next year about how a 16-year-old kid who buried his mother one year earlier at the age of 10 broke into the world of professional wrestling. Nobody wanted me around. They tried to beat it out of me to get me out of the business, but it didn't work. I was too small. I wasn't smart enough. I wouldn't get it, and I'm proud to say that I have gotten in him. I'm still here. And now I'm running one of the bigger promotions in the Southwest. And uh, that's me. I just, I love this business. I take it extremely seriously. And I, I conduct myself in a way that a professional is supposed to. I am a lifetime member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. I'm a proud member. I'm a father. I'm a husband. And I'm an entrepreneur. And uh, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a nice quick intro. <laughs> I'm gonna turn it over to my co-host now, so he can uh, start things off. Cool. Well, my first question to you is, is that like you said, you you, you started off um, with uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, the passing of your mother. How was it the transition of going from something so tragic of losing, you know, your, your closest friend? to wanting to take that same energy and put it into professional wrestling? You know, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I'm not going to make this a sob story and, and uh, you know, sit here and boo-hoo for me. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've had it rough, but there are a lot more people who've had it rougher than me. Uh, and now that I have a son, I, you know, my, my, my goal, my first and only goal is to make sure that he has a solid mother and father in his life, and he does. Uh, but, you know, uh, I wasn't abused or anything as a kid. Uh, my parents were good parents. They had their they had their problems as far as, 
you know, a marriage. But for as far as parents, they were good parents. And just my mom died at 38 years old. We didn't know. We didn't. There was no long hospital stay. We didn't know it was coming. So, uh, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't popular. I didn't do sports. I liked wrestling. I'm a small guy. I'm still small today. I'm only five six, about 120 pounds. I'm not big. I wasn't a big football player. I wasn't the jock that all the girls were after. Uh, I what I'm doing right now, I couldn't do when I was 15. I could not even talk to you right now. I couldn't even get on the phone with you. I was petrified of speaking in public. Uh, I would stumble over my words. Uh, man, I wore wrestling shirts to school, and I got beat up because I wore wrestling shirts. I mean, it was bad. But when my mom died... Something happened. Something triggered something to me. I was pissed off. I didn't understand it. And it was just me and my dad. I loved wrestling. And this was around the same time that Stone Cold Steve Austin was becoming the guy. And I had grown up watching Steve start down here in Dallas. And, man, I was in love with that character. I mean, he walked around. He did what he wanted. I was like, oh, man, I want to be that guy. I was like, well, you can't be that guy because you're you're you live in a cell, and something just happened. When I saw the opportunity to break into professional wrestling, I was like, you know what? Here's an opportunity to take some of that energy and harness it into this. I don't necessarily know how I did it. I knew that professional wrestling was my dream, and this was the only opportunity I had to get into it. I just wanted to get into the ring. I didn't necessarily want to become a wrestler. I just wanted to get into a ring. And the only way to do that was to go talk to Johnny Valentine. But Johnny Valentine was not the most friendly or approachable guy in the world. He was old school. He had broke his back in 1975 in that plane crash with Rick Flair and David Crockett. He was constantly in pain. And he would not let anybody into his ring unless they respected the business. So, I mean... I don't know I don't know what tools I used as far as emotions to get there. I just knew that this was it for me. I was uh I was on Zoloft, I was skipping school. I didn't have much. I was just it was just a real bad time. My dad did everything he could and I love my father and he's still here today and he's my best friend in the whole world next to my wife and my son. Uh he did everything he could but and I, I applaud him because when I made this decision to go into wrestling, he supported me 100%. So I don't necessarily know the tools that I took with me to make that transition. I just knew that I had to do it to survive and to make something in my life. Like, I felt when he passed away, that was fate saying, okay, you don't get to make a decision later about what you, you got to make one now. So I was like, okay, here's my decision. I didn't go to college. I was wrestling professionally when I graduated high school. So, I mean, that was my way of income. I was wrestling every weekend. I was greener than goose crap, but that was my (laughs) source of revenue. You say you greener than goose crap? Greener than goose crap, man. PG here. I'm kind of PG guy. So greener than goose crap. Greener than money. I was green, and uh, yeah, did what I could. But I don't know. I don't know how I made the transition. I just knew that I had to. Hmm. Well, I commend you. I, I I've lost a parent, 
um, I lost my father uh, mm-hmm. 12 years ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that feeling of, of fate, you know, growing up and, and actually having, you know, an okay childhood, you know, not something to really cry about. But losing a parent is, is, is so detrimental, especially at a young age. I, I see we, we're around the same age. I just turned 33. So I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah, exactly. We're around the same age. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can you can fathom just just at you know growing and, and getting into your, your your late you know teens and starting your young adulthood. You know, fans, you need to understand that when you lose someone that important, and not necessarily your parents, it could be your grandparents, it could be sure. your aunt or your uncle, or whoever was there to to be that that support for you and that 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 mm-hmm. that structure for you. And for you to take it in such a positive role, you know, it's commendable. It's very commendable. And I'm pretty sure if your mother was here today, she would be very proud of you because not only have you done it professionally, you've built a family and you've you've built a career out of a passion. And that's very hard to do. And and somehow most people give up because they don't think they can do it. So I commend you for, for taking that and really... Ushering, uh, you know, something for you and your family, and, and something that you can leave to your children. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, that's oh, no exactly why I'm continuing doing it. I, you know, I've taken time away from the business every once in a while, but I've stayed involved. I'm all I've been involved since today. I broke in in one way or another, uh, but I want to leave a legacy for my son. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm. I don't think of myself as anything special. I'm just a guy who loves the business. I think my work ethic speaks for itself. But I appreciate that. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry you went through that. I I don't know what I would do if I lost my father now, much less, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So it's a a gut check. It's a gut check, and you've got two two choices. You You can prosper. You can mourn. I mean, this doesn't mean you just, oh, okay, well, they're gone. No, you mourn and you grieve. We still do. But you have to keep climbing that ladder. You have to get back in your car. You have to keep going forward. Or life will just swallow you whole. And there's nothing you can do about it at that point. Okay. Well, real quick, because I know you're on limited time, David, um, just to let you know, you have IHWA. What makes IHWE special? What makes your promotion different from all the other promotions that's out there? What makes it unique um, for everybody to come and see to see that they can enjoy the show and have a good time? What makes our what what makes our event different is the promoter can't talk. What makes our event different in our shows is uh, is the ultimate hybrid of new school and old school. Like this coming Sunday. We're going to have an event here in Fort Worth, Texas. Well, Fort Worth and Dallas is a legendary wrestling lineage. It's world-class territory. It's where the Von Erics and the Freebirds just murdered the box office. They killed the box office. They popped, They gave box office records that never will be seen again in this area from a, a company that's not WWE. This is the fifth largest media market in the United States of America, the market that we run in. What what are you going to, you know, you come on Sunday, okay, you're going to get to see Charlie Haas, who's one of the best ever laced up a pair of boots. He's an All-American Seton Hall University. He's regarded as one of the best amateur wrestlers. 
He's actually going to be wrestling for the DFW Championship. That's the Dallas-Fort Worth Championship. But not only that, you get to see Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly's one half of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and he's the current pro wrestling gorilla heavyweight champion. Wow. Now think about that for a second. Yeah, the PWT champion, one half of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Kyle O'Reilly's regarded as the best wrestler in the world right now. So he's going to be down here. He's never wrestled in Dallas-Fort Worth. Never. He's only wrestled in Texas twice, and both times were for Ring of Honor. This is the wow. first time ever that he's venturing out to a different show in Texas. Okay, now you got that. Now you got Jim Cornette who's going to be there. And I don't need to tell anybody who Jim Cornette is. He's going to be there. Stan Larry Hansen is going to be there. Well, The grappler, Lynn Denton, is going to be there. This is the ultimate experience for any fan. It doesn't matter if you're old school, because if you're old school, guess what? You can come meet Jim Cornette. You can come meet Stan Hansen. You can come meet the grappler. If you're a fan of the new school, come see Kyle O'Reilly. And come see the action. Come see Americos. Come see the superstars of Texas. Come see Matt Riviera, the IWE heavyweight champion. I mean, just I guarantee it. You know, we don't. I'm big on. I don't. I don't need to go on Facebook and pat myself on the shoulder and say that we have the best show. You know what? If our fans think we have the best show, then great. We have the best show. That's all I care about. Me saying I have the best show. That and a, that and a dollar ninety nine will get me a cup of coffee. You know why? Because a cup of coffee costs a dollar ninety nine. It doesn't <laughs> matter what I think. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It matters what the fans think. And yeah, some fans leave messages on our Facebook. They say you're the best promotion in Texas, or you're the best promotion in the Southwest. Great. That's awesome. Do I? I you know I don't. We I think we're very good at what we do. We're not trying to beat anybody else. We're not even trying to be number one. Because all that is is ego. All that is is Johnson Wagon. That's all that is. As long as there's a butt every 18 inches, as long as all those fans that come to the show leave happy, and as long as our talent goes home to their families in one piece, I'm a happy guy. I don't need you know, to go on Twitter and talk about how much better my show is. I don't need to go on Twitter and bash what anybody else is doing. If you want to come see a wrestling show, that there's a lot of work into it, there's a lot of thought put into it by a guy who's been around for a little bit, then come see our show. You want to, you know, you want to pull up YouTube? Go see what we have to offer. You can see it for free. You know, we're not going to make you, we're not going to make you pay to go watch our YouTube show. And then get the family into the car, the SUV, the expedition, and drive to Fort Worth on Sunday. Because I guarantee you, you will never see this lineup under one roof again. Jim Cornette hasn't been here in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Dan Hansen doesn't do these kind of things every so often. Barbara Goodish, the wife of Bruiser Brody, is going to be there. Connie Gordy, the wife of Terry Gordy, is going to be there. There's going to be members of the Cauliflower Alley Club there. I mean, this, and you will get three hours, three hours of live wrestling. It's going to be straight wrestling, no backstage skits. 
Yeah, we, we provide wrestling. Now, we also have some entertainment on there. We have talkers. We have angles. Also, Lance Hoyt's going to be there, the American Falco, who's tearing it up in New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. He's going to be there. So, I mean, there's going to be a Hall of Fame ceremony. We're going to end up two new members into the Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, the last three or four years, has been private only for the wrestlers and their families. We're going to kick open the doors this Sunday, and we're going to induct two new members in front of our sellout crowd. We're not going to tell, but we're not going to announce them. You have to be there Sunday because we want people there. We want people there to witness this. We're going to have a queen of the ring match on Sunday. It's going to be Peyton Gates and Delilah Doom, who's training with Funaki, who, by the way, if, if people don't know, he's helping... Kenta, uh, Hideo in in uh, in NXT. He's just you know he's helping him right now make that transition over to the WWE world. So she's training with Spinaki. They're going to take on Jessica James. She just returned from a long successful Japan tour, and Miss Dyslexia, who just got home from a two week American tour. She wrestled all over the country, and the gimmick there. Is these four girls are going to wrestle in a tag team match. And as soon as that tag match is over, whoever wins, they've got to fight each other right then and there for the queen of the ring. Mm. So it's stuff like that that separates us from anybody else. We're not we're not trying to be anybody but us. You know, we're not trying to be the next world class because there never will be another world class. We're the only IHWE, and that's who we want to be. We took a promotion that was in a backyard and made it into something really, really special. We went from taboo to tradition. And for me, I'm, I'm a kid in a candy store. I've got Jim Cornette, Lynn Denton, and Stan Hansen coming to my show on Sunday. Three guys that I grew up watching. And Jim Cornette has a Jim Cornette's going to be working with us for the foreseeable future. He's our global ambassador. So. And Jim Cornette is very particular about who he works with. So, yes, so I'm 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 ecstatic. So if you cannot be there Sunday, have no fear because this is a taping IHWE TV. If you cannot be there Sunday because of where you're at, I believe either in October or November, these shows will start to roll out. Every week on YouTube, and like I said, it doesn't cost anything to watch them. And you can watch them on your cell phones, on your computers, on your Xboxes, however you want. You can pull up our channel and watch our shows, and it's PG. The whole family can watch our shows. So, I mean, that's what separates, I think, us. It's not just spot wrestling. It's not just old school. It's not just, we're not trying to be WWE. We're us. And we have we just gotta combine old school and new school together to form one amazing product. Okay. Well with that being said, David, um real quick, um if anybody listening um out there wants to order tickets or purchase tickets for this event or even follow on YouTube, um, even wanna contact you for our social media, you can let them know right now before we let you go how to contact contact you. That's fine. I appreciate that, and I I'm sorry. I, I want to come back on maybe after old school yeah. hustle, and I can have a longer oh, interview sure. with you guys. That's fine. Uh, I, I double I double booked myself tonight, so uh, <laughs> I'm doing 
to so many podcasts this week and stretching myself thin. And like I said, I'm only five five, 120 pounds, so there's not much there to stretch. So, yeah. but uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, IHWE now. That's IHWENOW dot com. You can get your tickets. We're in a will call type situation now. Where you're going to have to, if you want to buy tickets ahead of time, you're going to have to pick them up on Sunday. We have the Jim Cornette Q&A, which is the Jim Cornette Experience ticket. That is $10. That'll be at 2 p.m. It's a one-hour Q&A with the man himself, Jim Cornette. Uh, we have a VIP ticket available for Old School Hustle on Sunday. That is $20. We only have, I want to say, 15 left. That gets you a front row seat, a poster, and a 3 o'clock admission you get to get in an hour before anybody else does, and you get to mingle with the superstars, the legends, get your seat, and just fill out until the, we open the doors and the real herd comes in at 4 o'clock. So, and then we have the general admission ticket, uh, which is $10. That gets you in at 4 o'clock, and that just guarantees you a seat, not front row, for old school hustle. So, let's break this down, gentlemen. You're getting Jim Cornette, you're getting Kyle O'Reilly, you're getting Charlie Haas, you're getting Lance Hoyt, you're getting Stan Hansen, you're getting the Grappler Linden, in addition to three hours. The Submission Squad is going to be wrestling on Sunday. They were just at the King of Trios this past weekend for Shikara. So, I mean, they're going to be down here. So, it's a who's who of talent. And that's what's cool. We don't just use, we don't just use our buddies around the corner. You know, we bring in people from all over the country for this show. We've got people coming in from uh, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri. Kyle O'Reilly's coming in. He's going to be flying in from West Virginia because he's doing Ring of Honor the night before. Jim Cornette's driving down from Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, it's not just our buddies around the corner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's not like a big show. From a fan standpoint, literally, I've had people buy tickets from Shreveport, Louisiana, New Orleans, Louisiana, the Rio Grande, uh, New Mexico. We have fans coming in from four different states wow. to see an independent show. And I just, I just blows my mind. And that doesn't happen down here in Texas a whole lot. Either. It happens a lot in the East Coast. It happens a lot on the West Coast. It's a big deal down here, and I'm just proud to be associated with it. So, But anyway... IHWENow.com. You can find me. I'm on Twitter at HXCFuller. If you want to ask me anything, IHWE is on Twitter at IHWE Wrestling. And every week we have IHWE TV tomorrow night at 10 p.m. We have a DFW Championship Triple Threat Best Two Out of Three Falls match between Americos, Gregory James, and Ashton Jacobs. Also, tomorrow night, Charlie Haas will make his IHWE TV debut. And also this Sunday, I forgot to mention, Black Bart, the former world-class amateur wrestling heavyweight champion, will be there. He is the commissioner of IHWE. So, uh, I've got a few more minutes, guys. If you want to ask me anything else, go right ahead. Is it Game Boy? Well, I wanted to ask you one question. Go ahead. With, With the rise of your promotion and everything, and it's going so great and so grand as you can hear. 
what is the initial goal that you want to reach and that you want the fans and the families to really take with them? What is the goal that you're you're really trying to, to bring to light if you haven't already bought that? Well, I just want to be a Texas – I just want to bring Texas wrestling back to where it was. I know it's a different day and age, you know. Uh, WWE is WWE, TNA, CNA, and we'll, Texas will never be as big as it is. From a fan standpoint, I just want people to have a show they can come to. I want there, be, I want there to be a show where people travel from all over the state of Texas to see. We're not going to do it every month. We're not going to do it every week. We're going to do it a few times a year. But when we do do a show, we want to do it to where everybody comes from all over the state of Texas. Uh, when we do the Hall of Fame... We're working on making the Hall of Fame into an actual show. We'll do the Hall of Fame and a wrestling show on the same night. I want that to be like WrestleMania. I want people to come get hotels and stay, and I want it to be like Access and WrestleMania on the same day with the Hall of Fame. From a talent standpoint, I want more people from Texas to get more opportunities elsewhere. I want people to get looks. I want people to be flown in to Orlando. I want my guys and my gals to get flown in and looked at by Joey Mercury and DeMott and Billy Gunn and William Regal. It, it, there's never been a better time to be an independent wrestler than now. With all the talent coming into NXT, you got a guy like Seth Rollins who on Sunday night went into a WWE ring and for a moment, for a split second, was standing over Brock Lesnar. To me, that speaks volumes about where the business has changed. People can talk about how bad the WWE is right now, and I think they're in a creative state. But it does not change the fact that they've got guys who are hitting home runs that are independent guys, and they're not the stereotypical WWE guys that were coming in for so many years. Kyle O'Reilly called today's age the golden era of indie wrestling. And this is it. So everybody on the independence, you need to take this seriously. If you're in it for a hobby, go home and buy a stamp collection. And get out of our business. Okay? Go buy yourself an yeah. Xbox and get 2K15. Create your own shows. Put the belt on yourself. Whatever you want. But let right. the professionals do this. Let guys who want to do this for a living do this. Because they deserve it. These guys... Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. They all deserve to make great money for all those years of killing themselves for an hour every night in high school gyms and BFWs. They need the opportunity to make money. So one day they can go home and say, you know what, I'm done. And we don't read about them in the paper. That's what I want. I want the people down here because there's a lot of good talent down here. But they're not going to get anywhere wrestling for the same five promoters every weekend. True. So, hopefully... Would that be a seat? Hold on, let me make this point. Sure, Uh, good. Hopefully, with what we put out, hopefully with Jim Cornette at our side, hopefully somebody will notice promoters up north, promoters on the West Coast, promoters down in Florida, promoters overseas, they will see our talent and they will say, hey, we need to get some of that talent up here. And the talent gets opportunities, and maybe somebody's watching. That's all I want. And, um, yeah. Um, 
I like I said, I appreciate the opportunity, guys. I hope I didn't ramble too long. Oh no, mm-hmm. no, this no, is you exactly did. what you're supposed to do. This is a wrestling show. You know, you, you did exactly what you needed to do. Get the point across. Thank you so much, Mr. Fuller. Oh, no, I appreciate it, guys, and we'll be in touch, and you, you guys have a good show tonight. Hey, and thank you for what you do, because solid podcasts, they do really good for wrestling. What you guys do is really help, and this, uh, this is a promoter telling you, it really does help, and I'll try to do as many of these as possible. So I appreciate you guys, and I'll be in touch, okay? Okay, All right, no thank problem. You much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Everybody, that was... Uh... The owner and executive producer of IHWE in Fort Worth, Texas, David Feller. NFC Game Boy, your quick thoughts? Uh, just to, to say a really great guy. Um, I'm really excited about his promotion. Uh, I hope that everybody in that area, if you're, uh, you know, in the Texas area, uh, please, by all means, uh, look him up. Um, we can put this information out on the Under the Map page so you get a chance to follow through with that and sound like a great show, you know. Yeah, Got does. some big talent and, you know, he's trying to get guys to that next level so, you know, they don't have to keep doing this forever, you know, to push themselves and find the next talent, you know, the next big thing out there. <laughs> I definitely did enjoy him. I had the pleasure of talking to him um, last week when we did a end up hosting another show that's on uh, PWP Radio and good guy. has a lot of connections and has a good heart for the business. But real quick, with that being said, before we bring in our correspondent, Shinblade, um, if we go over Night of Champions and go uh, give a little quick review of us being in Delaware, we want to send, uh, we're here under the mat radio, um, all of our crew members, all of our family and friends, and everyone here on behalf of Pro Wrestling Powerhouse, want to send our condolences to a couple of their families. First, we want to send our condolences to the Moody family. Um, anybody that listening yeah. that don't know, the Moody family is Paul Bear, uh, late WWE legend, who passed away, I believe, about a year ago. Um, sadly, his son, one of his sons, Michael Moody, uh, passed away a few days ago in his sleep. If anybody watched the Hall of Fame, um, I believe, and the game was it last year? Um, yeah. Anybody watched the Hall of Fame, Michael Moody was a heavier set. Um, one, they used to be a wrestler. Um, he passed away in his sleep. So to the Moody family, we want to send our condolences. We also want to send our condolences to a good old buddy, Lance Inouye, um, who is uh, the Rock's cousin. Um, sadly, uh, Lance and the Inouye family, Lance lost his grandmother. Um, she lived a long, long, good, gracious life. So we want to send our condolences to Lance and to the Inouye family, um, to the yeah. Rock, and, of course, uh, Rosie and Rikishi and everybody that um, that's inside the family, even those that we haven't mentioned. So just wanted to get that out the way. NFC Game Boy, anything you want to add to our condolences? Uh, no, I think you, I think you said it all. Uh, you know, we uh, here under the mat, you know, we love to, to celebrate the, the highs, but we also got to respect the lows. And right now this is a point where, you know, these families are, are you know, respect their time, their peace, they're going through something right now. Um, you know, if you can hit them on Twitter or send them a Facebook message or, you know, just send a prayer out to them. You know, I, I know they'll greatly appreciate it. You know, unfortunately, it's, it's the it's the harsh reality of life. But, you know, we, we want to celebrate them by letting them know that we care and, and you know, that, you know, uh, we hope that they, they find uh, closure and peace. So uh, that's all I wanted to say about it. Yeah. So with that being said, we're going to go on to, I guess, more positive news. Um, we're going to bring in right now 
Live, 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 our correspondent, mm-hmm. the sensational one, Shimbley. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Damn, uh, it's nice to be back up in here. I've been waiting for about a month for new episodes to come in. Uh, so congratulations on your new uh, networking. Oh, yes. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Thank you. I have really to say... It. I have to say this is great um, to our to the former network. We wish them well in their future endeavors. <clears throat> so uh, I have I have about two things. yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I have about two things for you before we move on. First, uh, I don't want no pissed off people to get on Twitter and twittering me about how they mispronounce the Nawaii family. Uh, you know, being from Hawaii, you know, you got to pronounce the, the family's names right or they will hurt you. Right. That and is true. Also, I've heard the stories. Also, uh, the Paul Bearer was inducted into the Hall of Fame this year at WrestleMania 30. This year, okay. And you Thank can watch you, that on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nine ninety nine. <laughs> so that, with that being said, real quick, we. Uh, want to let everybody know that uh, big ups to uh, 1CW in Delaware, Stevie Ray Styles, um, uh, attacking uh, this sensational one, Shin Blade, and our buddy Tony was able to be at 1CW, and it was a very good show. I uh, just want to say um, big ups to Stevie. He works very hard. Uh, we had the honor to meet uh, WWE legend uh, King Kong Bundy. Got a chance to meet him. And we got a chance to have a lot of great interviews. Plus, Coming soon, you will get to see the interview that Under the Mat Radio we got to we got to conduct with WWE Hall of Famer and Legend Tony Atlas. So that will be coming soon, mm. definitely. Um, Shamblade, uh, any quick uh, responses or one uh, CW before we move on to Night of Champions? I gotta say though that uh, King Kong Bundy he kind of slipped the Mickey on us because. Quite honestly, fans, we did not recognize King Kong Bunny until somebody pointed it out to us. And right. I do have the um, picture of myself and King Kong Bundy on my uh, Twitter page, twitter.com uh, slash sensational one. And um, we, we we couldn't tell. I mean, almost it almost slipped through our fingers. Hmm. They did. He well, what, what, made look so, what made him look so different, y'all? Um, like, what what was the... You know what? What was the thing that kind of, you know, threw you off? You know. Well, he lost a lot of uh, weight, and then plus he had hair, which nobody recognized except for me. Right. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. He had hair, and 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 if anybody don't know, um, Coach King Kong Bundy, more famous of being big, bald headed, you know, from WrestleMania to you, the WrestleMania early WrestleMania years, but now he has hair. He hasn't had hair since he first started in the business, which is a long time ago in the uh, early 80s, late 70s. But uh, King Kong Bunny well, did look hair. good. He had hair uh, in 1981 when he did Fritz Von Erich's retirement match back in uh, World Class. He had yeah. like a like a shag type thing going on. I don't know yeah, what it was. a little shag joint. <laughs> but... <laughs> So, that being said, that's, one of them, that's uh, one of them porno, like, um, them old porno, like, porno shake. <laughs> and then porno shake. <laughs> yeah. Slipping on to the left. <laughs> 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 I would wait, a, you know what? Your kids. I, I would wait for a long time, man. You know, um, the promoter was promoting, and I had a time to come up. And I got to tell you one thing. 
I was waiting to uh, get on this show because I'm I'm so congratulatory of y'all. I was about to fall asleep because I've been so tired. I've been working for the past couple of days trying to get things together. So, you know, you talking about swipe to the left. I was just on Tinder before you called in. Hmm. <laughs> it seems like, Shane, you've been working hard. Working hard doing doing a hard man's day. <laughs> See, speaking of uh, working hard, we're going to uh, do a real quick recap of uh, Night of Champions on the WWE that happened on this past Sunday. Um, NFC Game Boy, of course, as always, give us the word. What What is your word? The NFC word Lackluster. of the day. Lackluster. Lackluster. Mm-hmm. Compound word. Yeah. Is this in all caps? Yeah, lackluster. Wow. Just, whew. It was this worse than the This is what happened. We don't have no competition. Yeah. Is <laughs> Shin Blake? It was worse than the past two or three Raws that led up to the event. It was, really, it was no interest. And a lot of these matches, though, I mean, some of these matches fell flat, and some of these just basically knocked it out of the park. I mean, Starting with the uh, Tag Team Championship, the team of Gold and Stardust, which is one of my favorites right now, against one of my favorites, the Usos. Mm -hmm. So um, this match actually impressed me because the build and everything, I don't think a lot of people were into it. But when the match came down to it, it was like a great match, but to me it had a weak finish. It was kind of hard to get into matches when you see the, the match. 18,000 times before they actually took the view. Well, pretty much. <laughs> so, you see it on Raw and SmackDown and Main Event and uh, <laughs> Old School Velocity and Jacked and Superstars and even on the video games. And you finally do it on TV. Yeah, All American Wrestling. You know, the, the main event, Saturday Night's main event. It, it's hard to really get into it. NFC Game Boy, real quick, your thoughts on that match? I agree. I, I really. It it would have been a nice match if this was like the first second time they went about, but like I seen it before, and I already knew that they was eventually going to get the belts to to Gold and Stardust, and didn't they win the belts from Gold and from Goldust and and his brother? Didn't they win the, the belts from them? Did well, they win the belts from them? And Goldust. Huh? It was Cody Rose and Goldust. They beat the Shield last year at Battleground, which is in which was in October. Another okay. crappy. Pick. I'm saying the the Usos didn't they win the the belt from Goldust and Cody Rhodes? No, they beat the New Age Outlaws no. who held it. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I see, get this them is all what, confused. This is what happens when you see the match so many times, you get it mixed yeah, up. Real, I really got confused. You know what? You're right, because that's when they came real, back out to help the ratings out. Real, real it was quick, the old um, age outlaw. No, real quick, guys. Uh, we believe we do have a caller. Bringing in uh, area code 706. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio with Tech, NSE Game Boy, and Shimblade. You still haven't got me memorized yet? Come on, Evan. Guy, 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 be professional. Can't just uh, a scene. What's going on, Toph? Oh, I broke kayfabe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you, you can't hit rewind. It's not spaceball. No, you can't hit rewind live. Live, live, live on the air. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do Jim Ross real, real lifestyle. Yeah, I'm, I'll be psycho yeah. sick. Let me let me let me let me let me, let me, let me, let me do it again. <laughs> no, no, we live, buddy. Yeah, we are live, 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 buddy. What's going on, Toast? 
Real quick, since we got uh, Toph and Shimblade, um, we had about another 10 minutes real quick. Uh, Toph, uh, real quick, your thoughts on Night of Champions, anything that stood out? And, uh, of course, you you know, give us your, you know, give us your thoughts on African-Americans and uh, pro wrestling tea while you at it. Oh, God. Nah, no more black power stuff. We've had enough of that as it is. Uh, 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 although Mark Kimmery should, I think what Mark Kimmery should do when he retires is he should probably do like a training day prequel with Denzel since he's such a good actor getting himself to cry all the damn time, you know? <laughs> mm. World's strongest tears. Nice. Yeah, you know actually, him I, and Big Show do nothing but cry, actually. They're both kind of soft. Well, Tofa, I have to say this to you, though, but uh, when they did the national anthem, I had to admit it was a strong moment as far as being a patriot with Lillian singing because she'll make it strong. But I have to say with the with, – I was laughing so hard because Mark Henry is not only the sweatiest man sweatiest man in wrestling, but it was like he was shedding tears, too, and I got confused. I was like, which one is sweat and which one is tears? <laughs> running, running down. Well, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. I've noticed a lot of big dudes, uh, a lot of big dudes sweat a lot. Like, I've noticed every time Lashley fights in TNA, he's always sweating <laughs> profusely, and every time Lesnar fights, he's always sweating. And I'm like, why are these dudes sweating so much? Like, it's just fun to listen to the match. Anyway, Night of Champions was okay. Um, Was it as good as NXT TakeOver 2? No. Has it been good as Impact Wrestling? No. Was it better than Raw? Sure, but that's not saying much. Um, I thought thought that pretty much all the matches were, they did their job, but the finishes for many of the matches were kind of weak. It was just a roll-up, Stardust pin, one of the Usos, uh, Seamus hit Cesaro with a bro kick that actually didn't even connect. Cesaro just kind of sold it that well. Um, he had the little cluster Vince Russo finish at the end. He had the predictable <laughs> RKO with Jericho and Orton. Like, the in-ring action was good. It's just every match, in my opinion, kind of had like a weak finish. Uh, clearly the highlight of the show was Dean Ambrose. had a really big pop. And uh, fans <laughs> are into uh, fans are into Dean Ambrose and uh, – WWE, uh, they need to tread very carefully with what they do with Roman Reigns because uh, I don't want to turn this into an Ambrose versus Reigns thing because, you know, fans like Reigns, but fans also like Dean Ambrose. And, you know, what happened to Roman is unfortunate. I hope he heals and he gets better. Mm -hmm. But what my gut is telling me is uh, Vince McMahon, you know, he's very stubborn, and when he makes up his mind, he likes to stick with it. He doesn't like to admit he's wrong. My gut is telling me that Roman Reigns will come back at the Rumble and will most likely eliminate Roman Reigns. And, uh, not Roman Reigns, but eliminate Dean Ambrose, and I think the fans are going to turn on uh, Reigns. Uh, what I'm trying to say is fans like Roman Reigns, and they also like Dean Ambrose. But what happens a lot of times is when you have to give fans a, ch- a, a choice to choose, I feel like right now mm-hmm. if they chose Reigns over Ambrose, there is going to be some type of severe backlash that's going to ultimately lead to oh, fans okay. turning on Reigns, that's what my gut is telling me right now. So you were talk, you're, you're talking like Batista came back this year, and people soured on him in the, in the Royal Rumble for the wrong reason. Like I, I, don't, I don't think the backlash would be that bad for Reigns, but I do think something similar of the sort will happen if he just comes back. Like for instance, like Dean Ambrose is really hot right now. See, he, he's one of the few interesting things on Raw, we can all agree. So just imagine if basically for the rest of the year, Ambrose just basically carries Raw, you know, then Raw Rumble comes, and then Reigns just comes back and eliminates him. If it's like that, then, yeah, it probably would be like Batista, I suppose. Well, I well, will say that. that um, I, well, real, real quick, Shane. With, with, with that, um, that being said, is this, 
I I don't know if I would I, I don't know if I would really add Ambrose as a highlight of Night of Champions because Ambrose basically was DLC. He was downloadable content. He was only there because Roman Reigns got hurt. Oh my goodness! And Roman Reigns didn't uh, get the hernia. We know Dean Ambrose when they showed up and it would have been Roman Reigns and uh, Seth Rollins doing the same match we saw uh, previously. Really? Definitely. Uh, really? Really? It, okay. Yeah, and we all know it's true. NFC Game Boy, real quick. Um, you get the little yawn. I, I really don't want to see him and Seth Rollins anymore. I've I seen it, and it wasn't that, that great to begin with. I, I, I do agree with Toph. I think that Dean Ambrose is starting to become a much bigger star than Roman Reigns, and what they're going to do is they're going to try to have them to face each other, which is going to cause a, a serious backlash to Roman Reigns. It's going to bring all that, that face they're doing, that face turn, going to make them heal, and it can be – it can actually just – ruin him because I, Dean Ambrose is really, really he's he's like the next Brian Pillman slash Steve Austin hybrid and it's really, really catching on. It's like a breath of fresh air to some people. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen it thanks to this PG era bullshit that they've been feeding down our throats for the last couple of years. But well, Tom Shimley, real quick. Well actually uh they they're starting to get try to get edgier and everything. I mean, of course we saw Rosa get pants a couple weeks ago. But um, to tell you the truth, I think Dean Ambrose was one of the biggest pops of the night uh, when he came yeah. back. Even though everybody knew it was coming, I mean, you can't you can't reject the Teddy Master. I mean, um, Teddy Master. The, 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 the thing is, the, <laughs> the thing is, is that he got like you said, he got this Brian Pillman, Stone Cold, and Terry Funk from what I think from bouncing off the ropes and doing the clothesline thing going, and, and I and I actually liked it. I mean. I, I don't want to see him and Seth Rollins anymore because they keep they keep teasing how uh, it's going to happen, but it's not really going to happen. And speaking of teasing, what did you guys think about Seth Rollins cashing uh, last night? I mean Sunday night. Well, I'm gonna let uh, I'm, I'm gonna let NFC Game Boy go first, and then let Toll follow, and then oh, I I, I seen it coming because I mean <laughs> they want to take the belt away from Brock somehow because Brock is a part timer. And they don't kind of don't want to give it to John Cena because they're just doing that just to give people one more chance to come and continue watching the network. I already seen it coming, and I think at Hell in a Cell they're going to do one more thing that's going to keep Brock Lesnar in the belt. They're going to keep it like that till Survivor Series. Then they're going to finally take the belt away from him. Who are they going to give it to? I'm not 100 sure, but apparently their writers don't know either. So yeah. the big show. So <laughs> so whatever. Um, I don't think they're taking the bet off Lesnar at all. Uh, I think they're just looking for an excuse to prolong the feud. Um, they know that during the fall they've been struggling. They, they've been struggling during the fall for years now. They just really struggle this time of year. A lot of other sitcoms are on, football is on. They just need to have really big names on the show. So if Brock Lesnar beat Cena at a champions, that just would have been the end of it. So, like, what's Lesnar's next big feud? There's no one left. So I, I just feel like they just did that to just kind of – carry on the feud to prolong it as long as possible. So, yeah. I mean, okay. me, uh, you can go, Shane, go ahead. Well, you know, when, um, not to go off subject of what we're talking about here, but when you're talking about Roman Reigns uh, turning sour on him, I agree with it because Roman Reigns is almost like John Cena's first build in 2005 when it just got to the point where you like him. And when the machine actually pushes, it makes you sick. 
Uh, I mean, the ladies like mm-hmm. him, and you know, the the men really like Dean Ambrose because of how crazy he is. And right now, I say Roman Reigns is really, really stale because after the Shield, nothing has really changed for him. Not even his attire, not even his attitude. It's he got blue highlights in his attire. That's about it. Well, he got he got the Jinko pants and everything, but yeah, Jinko pants. Other than that, he, trim. he he has he has nothing. Well, Roman Reigns reminds me of. Well, maybe when he comes back. Well, this is always unfortunate. You don't want you don't want anyone to be injured. But the best thing about no. injury is, is while you're recovering, you can think of new creative ways and new creative ideas to change your character. But what Roman Reigns was reminding me of, uh, he reminds me of Babyface Diesel in '95. Just a very oh, one-dimensional yeah. count. Just just very <laughs> one-dimensional in his promos. All his promos were the same. Like believe in Roman Reigns and. You know, just 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 listen to a babyface Diesel promo. All his promos were just oh, very one-dimensional. Just wasn't interesting at all. I'd rather yeah. listen to uh, Bob Backlund promos. Nah, hey. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And with that being said, because we have uh, two two minutes left, two minutes left before we uh, move on to the next segment, we bring in a nationally known great comedian, Alabama. We're going to do a little quick roll through of Night of Champions. And uh, NFC Game Boys, right. can, uh, anybody want to tweet? Uh, I can't forget, NFC Game Boys, big old buddy, old man Christian was on uh, the Peep Show. Who would have killed old man Christian? <laughs> Moving right along, you're just not working because Vince doesn't like you or like your face. Uh, tag match, mm-hmm. we've seen it 80 more times beforehand. Uh, Gold, Gold Dust, Stardust, they got a tag name. Um, they won. Basically, uh, Cesaro against Sheamus, who really cares about Sheamus? He's just a mean Irish man. Uh, Cesaro. They were booing him. Statham, of course, uh, lost. Um, moving right along, uh, Miz, Dolph Ziggler, what the hell is the point of Miz when in the title? You're just going to have him lose it for free on Raw, but uh, people had to pay nine ninety nine to see him win it. Moving right along, and of course, we didn't see all truth on Raw, so that's another black thing we'll get to later. Uh, Seth Rollins with the challenge. Uh, yeah, Black Ziggler. Uh, Seth Rollins <laughs> wasted 15 minutes uh, talking and talking. They could have said Dean Ambrose come out and, uh, and do his little uh, stint. But good to see Dean Ambrose as the DLC content. For Night of Champions 2014. Moving on, uh, World's Strongest Tears, okay. World's Strongest per- Perspiration. Uh, basically got uh, raped. Ivan Drago. Against, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, uh, Toast. What's the name for Rusev? If he dies, he uh, dies. Ivan... <laughs> <laughs> he went down like Apollo Creed, son. That's what exactly. I should say about Mark Henry. So we, we, we're just all yeah, waiting for yeah, we're just waiting for John Cena. Uh, uh, if if they really want to go all the way with this, they need to have a pay-per-view in Russia for Rusev to lose there. That's if they're serious right, exactly. about it. Right, <laughs> exactly. Still haven't been yet. Still haven't been yet. Cena driving a Ferrari going down the little tunnel. No easy way out. <laughs> you ain't going to see have, again uh, after that. I would pay money to see it. I would see that. <laughs> uh, go ahead, go, go, NFC Game Boy. Uh, have... Uh, have uh, Nikki tell uh, Cena what the agent told Rocky at the house. Uh, you was a, you can't beat him. Do you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Win. Nah, yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I'm Hardy hits. And uh, of course, now, uh, uh, Orton versus uh, Orton versus Jericho. Of course, that was a pretty decent match. Of course, uh, this match basically the premise for this match was because it was a season premiere, which how you have a season premiere with a uh, show that has no off-season. So basically, this would be a reason to start a feud. And Jericho sat up on the top for about match. three minutes. Jericho waited on the uh, 
Tyrell for three minutes waiting for Orton to do the RKO. And if Randy Orton is doing a, uh, basically as a heel, why is he playing to the crowd doing face movement? So we could expect Randy Orton to turn face quick. Moving right along, Nikki Bella, Paige, A.G. Lee, who cares? A.G. Lee won the title. Um, moving Good. along, uh, Brock Lesnar against Cena. And that's all really you have to say. NFC Game Boy, <laughs> your thoughts <laughs> real quick, overall night of champions. How in the world are they allowing John Cena to even come close to Brock Lesnar? After the devastation of SummerSlam, the devastation at WrestleMania, which I was there, behind you, and the devastation of earlier this year when he beat up the Big Show, you mean to tell me that this man has enough fortitude to do what both the Big Show and The Undertaker could not do his second time around? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Now yeah, we are I will say this. <laughs> I, I I will say this as far as an excuse, and I hate this excuse as much as you guys will when I say it. But so say that it. was done by Vince. That was done by Vince McMahon to book that one. I mean, now Triple H is taking over the reins very very slowly. Now it's a struggle in the back that uh, Vince and Vince and Triple H are not seeing eye to eye. Meanwhile, Triple H's project NXT is taking over, and everybody's loving it, which you can watch on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. And it's going to be the best show of the year uh, for two straight years in 2013-2014 per Wrestling Observer Newsletter. I dare you to doubt me on that one because it is a great show. But anyway, uh, Night of Champions, very, very lackluster. Need to come back with something hard and hell in the cell, but I doubt it. Survivor Series, they need to bring the uh, elimination tag matches back, which I doubt it. Plus, we're going to be uh, doing a lot of sleeping and doing a lot of Thanksgiving and holiday cheer and uh, more snooze fest. And so, well, don't forget to uh, tribute to the troops. They going. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Good. Good show, but really. Mm, oh, by oh, the way, who I, was that I, band that came out there? That, that country band. Oh, yeah. That, I never heard of Florida. That was Florida, Florida Georgia, Georgia Line. Very, who the hell? I never even heard of them before. I'm They're sorry, fans. I, I I don't I don't know who they are. No 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 disrespect, real quick. No, r- real of quick, you don't. You're black. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, wait. Perfect. So, so, so I'm black. So am I. We're all well, black. Well, well, well. <laughs> let's put it like this. <laughs> let's put it like this. Um, me and the Game Boy are black. Uh, Toast. Um, you're black, but you just live in Georgia. And uh, Shimbley, you're black skin, but just act white. So, oh. <laughs> you know what's great, man. You know what's great. One of the funniest moments of one of the funniest moments of, of my life was when was when Living Color came to WrestleMania 29. They performed, and like 90% of wrestling fans had no idea they were black. I'm like, really? This that's how you know like who the real fans are and who the poser fans are. Okay, so you like them because they're seeing Punk's theme, but you didn't know they were black. Like, really? What? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it, was, it, was big news. it was big news back in the day, though. There was a black it, rock band, and nobody and nobody cared. Well, nobody knew it. Yeah, nobody but, really did. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, I remember and the them thing back is, in like, the 90s. I remember them back in no, the 90s. You like, know what? You know what? Me too. You know why Living Color, you know why Living Color was so overshadowed and nobody cared? Because Millie Vanilli was on the air. Oh, okay. You know what? You, you're right. <laughs> Millie Vanilli was making and, and, money. It was, that, was it was another band. It was that song... Um, Damn, what the Soul hell? Soul to Soul? No. Soul to um, Soul with Back to Life? No, no, that's that's eighties. No, it was another it was another guy. He he had a band. Um shit, I can't remember the daggone name. Uh 
Live. Right, I, I don't want to get. I don't want to okay, get off topic. Now the champions was was fine. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was just fine. Just, just pretty, just pretty passable. Much. It's passable. to all our black listeners out there, whatever music you love, listen to the music. I was teased a lot as a kid for liking Lincoln Park. And all my black fans are like, oh, man, that's that's emo stuff. But then Jay-Z does a collaboration with them. All of a sudden, they're yep. cool. Whatever, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and with that being said, guys, we do thank you very much. Um, we do have to let y'all go because we do have our next caller. Um, thank you much, uh, Sensational One, Shimblade. Thank you much for calling in. Uh, thank you much, Toph. And um, we will talk to y'all very soon. Thank you much. You know all what? Right, it's you. Bless Union of Souls. I just thought of it. Love will find a way. Ha-ha, yes, it is. And with that being said, everybody, we now have our next guest, nationally known, great comedian, Alabama, who's been doing stand-up comedy since 2001. He's open for the likes of Tommy Davidson, Louis C.K., Paul Mooney, Rob Shiner, and appeared at clubs and colleges across the country, including the D.C. Improv, Baltimore's Comedy Factory, and Gotham Comedy Club. Alabama has also appeared on TV One's Roland Martin, News One Now, Morning Show. He's been born in Talladega, yes, Alabama. He learned how to make light of any issue, including racism, divorce, obesity, and life in general. Talking about celebrities and social issues, Alabama is an act you must see. We have had the privilege personally and professionally to see this great comedian. And since we are talking about blacks and music and everything around, we're going to bring him in right now. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio, live, live, live. The great comedian nationally known Alabama. Welcome. Hey man, welcome man. That 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 was a whole lot. I was up here tearing up yeah. as you was reading oh, that man, stuff, man. Reading that, like, I, I, I felt like I'm like, if I'm about to die, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 I appreciate being on the show, guys. Hope, yeah, hope everything you, going okay. No problem, man. Thanks much for your busy schedule for coming on. I know you got to hear the tail end of a tumble night of champions and tumble black music and, you know, blacks and whatnot and everybody getting into different forms of music. The area the is um, open, brother. You talk about whatever you want. Since we on type of music, um, what type of music do you enjoy? Oh, uh, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of it, man, because, uh, you know, music soundtrack of our life, you know, and uh, I pick up a lot of, even though I was a kid that grew up in the 80s, uh, I, I thought to tell in what they were saying. You know, I remember Living Color and, and those type of guys. But, you know, I, I like some of this hip-hop stuff, man. And I'm from down south, so I like that ratchet music, too, though. It's a little bit of me. I don't tell nobody, but I be no flex zoning every once in a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> They that ratchet music. Yeah, man, I grew up. You know, man, I, I grew up on listening to Luke, you know, tell him to pop that coochie. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. that's been branded in me, man. But uh, today's artist, uh, I listen a lot. I like, I like Kendrick Lamar, you know, things he do. Uh, I still mess with T.I., uh, those type guys. But also, uh, you know, uh, I became a fan of Jay-Z. Uh, over the years, it took me a little while to become a fan of him, of his music, but he's most definitely talented. So, you know, and sometimes, you know, some sound good to me. That's why I flow with, you know, some of the hot stuff, you know, especially as comedians, you know, some of them use music in their act, and, you know, some of them want to use, a, you know, a tight song to come out to an intro, get the crowd, you know, ready for you to come on stage. So, you know, some stuff that's hot. You know, I you know I I flow with it, man. So I like a different variety of stuff. 
Okay. With, with that being said, Alabama, you being a great comedian that you are, and oh, before man, we move on, on to your career, before we move on to about your career, if you was a wrestler, uh, what theme song would you use? Would you say? I'll I, I probably be, I, I would come out on Stone Cold, man. I like that Stone Cold, that, that, I would steal that from him, man. Way the glass break and come out, but mm-hmm. uh, the the way I'm shaped right now, I'll probably be using Kamala. I'll probably come out on that Kamala music. <laughs> you know the rhyme with Kamala? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll come out patting my stomach, and that's mm-hmm. how I flow with, man. Uh, would you wear the face paint, though? Mm, uh, I don't know if I can do that one, man. I don't want to look like no slave <laughs> right there, you know. But because uh, <laughs> he ain't got no front grill, he ain't got yeah, no front grill, so you be Kamala again. Well, yeah, hey, hey, you know, we got, we got magical special effects. We got some makeup people. They'll make it happen, man. We can make that <laughs> happen. Uh, if I had to come out on a song that just, uh, uh, if I had to really come out on something, Tommy Dog, man. I love Atomic Dog. That's it, man. Oh, It'll be Atomic Dog. George Clinton, Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. Go out there and power drive people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that. <laughs> like Do that, power man. Drive, man. Or the Dusty Rose Elbow, man. You know, I, that, I grew up old school on that. You know, I thought Dusty Rose was black, man. I thought Dusty Rose was black because he talked black then. You know, when Dusty Rose did an interview, he'd be like, uh, go ahead and saw that, if you will. <laughs> the nature bar. <laughs> he go up there, man, son of a plumber. And, you know, he sounds like a pimp, man, you know. Son of a plumber. He's the only son of a plumber I ever met, man. Just the way he said it, he said so pimpish. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. is Dusty Rose going to have to slap a bitch tonight? You know? <laughs> if you will. Uh-huh. Willa Willa. It's sweetly said. will. With that With that being said, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, the NFC Game Boy. Well, with you being a fan of wrestling, how do you feel about today's current product? Uh, the the WWE kind of going to the PG slash edgier type of Wrestling, you know, do you get a chance to watch it? And if you do, you know, are you a fan of it? Um, uh, well, uh, due to the fact uh, I'm continuing to try to be a great comedian, as uh, <laughs> as Tech like to say, like to say, uh, I do. I don't have a sense as much as watch wrestling as I, as I did uh, as when I was growing up. But I keep up with it, and uh, you know, some of the things have uh, it. It, it seems you know it's more entertainment now. Um, and I understand that, and I like that. You know, I remember when you know Rock Rock was rocking Mazia, and I remember going to watch him and watching his character sort of develop until now he's a super. You know, uh, I, I remember watching those guys growing up. I remember um, when um, some of the other guys were, you know, CM Punk's and uh, even the Undertaker. You know, when they was growing up and they was on the other characters and the way they was growing up. So I see today uh, wrestling, uh, it's more entertainment, which is good. Uh, that's for the fans. That keeps fans going. Uh, for me, being uh, old school peers, uh, you know, I, I, I like those, you know, those blood matches. I love those Cactus Jacks. Uh, 
those uh, type fights. So I'm more old school when it comes to that, okay. though. But, hey, I like the new guys, though. You know, they very athletic, man. They, you know, ain't going to catch me in the ring with none of them. i tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, Tech was thinking about uh, becoming a manager and, uh, and everything. You think Who, you had some tips? Yeah, Tech was thinking about becoming a manager. You have yeah. any tips yeah. for him uh, becoming a, a wrestling manager? Uh, oh no, he, he might be slick. He might be like, uh, what's what's that old manager do? Uh, 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 Teddy Long. Slick. You remember Teddy Long? Yeah, Teddy Long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You be Teddy Long star. You <laughs> know, when Teddy team. was bald head, you can have, you know, you get, you can curl up that curl you got, Tech. You know the curl you got <laughs> curl up in your head. That soul glow you that. got going. You can come out there and be like, and after every match, you could be like, Randy Watson. <laughs> That'd be your oh. name. you be Randy Watson. <laughs> Drop the mic. Drop the mic right on him. There you go. Drop the mic Drop the mic right on him. That's it. Head. There you go. You care? You go out there with a mic, man. You seen? You seen the intro to your wrestler? There you go, right mm-hmm. there, man. There you go. Now, Tech, you is kind of short though, so I, you probably be more better for a midget masculine manager. You know, well, I ain't that short now. <laughs> I ain't that short. Well, you be the tallest person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, for those ladder right. matches, they they have footstool. That'd be the ladder match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right there. <laughs> a little footstool. The little, the little yeah. tea stops for the church. Uh, Help the uh, little mother with the baby. A little dog, a little dog <laughs> came to be the hell in the cell. You know what I'm saying? We can make yeah. it happen. We can make it happen, man. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. <laughs> with that, with that being said, with that being said, with you, um, oh, of course, of course, you being a fan of wrestling and everything, um, you know, you being a comedian, um, give us an intro of your career. How did you start, um, start off comedy? With you being from Alabama. Um, talk about the origin of your name. Did you just pick your name because of where you're from, or does, is it more to it with picking your name and how you um, started in the um, industry? Always, uh, uh, try to make this, this this story sound glorious, like the spirit of the Lord came down to me. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. But uh, what happened was uh, being in Alabama, <laughs> being in Alabama. <laughs> I think it was around 2000. Uh, Comic View, was uh, stepping audition. Uh, for a comedian, and so I decided uh, I'm going to try to attempt to do it. Um, so I always want to, you know, make my friends and stuff laugh and stuff like that, and uh, sort of class cap clownish, but I wasn't quite a class clown. I was more of a smart aleck, uh, uh, a sarcasm, sarcasm type of person, you know what I'm saying? So I, I grew up doing that. So once uh, Comic View. Uh, they sent me in, uh, I sent them a tape. I got something like eight of my friends in a little studio down in Tallahassee, Alabama. Uh, they came and saw me making a little eight-minute tape. I think I told one joke. It took me eight minutes to tell one joke. I think that was the longest joke ever uh, told by man. Uh, so I sent that in uh, to BET, and at the time I was moving from uh, Tallahassee and relocating to the Baltimore, Maryland area. And uh, they sent me an email saying they didn't uh, felt me uh, uh, as a comedian. Uh, that I haven't even done it on stage yet, you know, so I just assumed they're going to pick me anyway. Um, so uh, they didn't pick me, but they did send me some notes of uh, things to work on uh, as far as my material 
as far as, uh, you know, things I want to do as, in the comedy realms, as far as, you know, being professional and stuff like that. And that was very good for them to do that because they didn't do that. I probably wouldn't uh, even pursue it anymore. Uh, that's something I always question, uh, would I continue to have it or not uh, after after you get rejected? Because uh, as comedians, um, you know, we like instant gratification. We like people to laugh right then. Um, so uh, first time I went up on stage, open mic, uh, I used my name, uh, Deshaun, uh, to go up. And the second time, I used my other my name, Deshaun, also. And then one day I was just sitting down there writing down names. I had wrote something named called Sean the Magnificent. And I wasn't even no musician. You know, that's that's a name for a musician. Uh, I put F-Mag. Uh, I put, like, you know, I hear every name I could think of but my real name. And all of a sudden I put down Alabama. I went to an open mic comedy night one night. I went up there to the host. I've uh, been there a couple of times prior before. And I said, uh, hey, call me Alabama. And uh, he said, your name's Deshaun. I said, well, man, call me Alabama. So he go up there on stage, and this is what he said, and I quote, next comedian coming to the stage, his name Deshaun, but he wants to call him Alabama. So give it up for Alabama. So he called me Alabama, then boom, here you go, man. You know, <laughs> it stuck. You know what I'm saying? There are too many people. It's hard to forget a dude, big dude with locks, named Alabama. You don't see too many of them, man. It's like me, the Loch Ness Monster, and Bigfoot. You know, those rarities. <laughs> so that's the story, man. But, but, but with that, with with your role, I'm sorry, that's my game boy. Um, and no problem. Talk about what was tough for you to get adjusted to, and I know there's an old saying that you know, um, you know, dying is easy, comedy is hard, and I know a lot of cats probably think you know doing stand up is is easy and it's nothing, and anybody can just do it, which isn't true. Um, what what transitions you have to adjust to? What was your transition of, of being just a regular comedian to actually feeling like you were a very good comedian or somebody that can actually hold your own, somebody that actually is respected? Oh, man, all the pussy, man. All the pussy. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the transition well, right there, man. You know, I... <laughs> <laughs> you know you get good when you're like, you know what, I'm good. I don't even want no... I don't even want none of that not right now. I'm tired. But uh, uh, um, <laughs> just the struggles. I mean, you know, the what people don't forget is as comedians, you know, we all, you know, we still have our personal lives. You know what I'm saying? We have our girlfriends. We have our wives. We have our kids. We have stuff, you know, you got to take care of family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and when you got all that surrounding you, uh, all that's still going on, and it could be, some real bad stuff going on in your personal life, but you still have to go up there and make people laugh. And and, right. and that's the things, you know, you go see. And that was so crazy about us losing uh, a great comedian, Robin Williams, uh, that, you know, as great as he was, uh, as funny as he was, you know, he was still going through things. And I think some of my jokingly friends, you know, jokingly like, you know, Robin Williams, he still had movies coming out. He had a bunch of money. You know, he was getting a lot of work anytime he want. 
I was like, ain't no hope for us. <laughs> ain't no hope for us. <laughs> we might as well uh, go and kill ourselves right now because, uh, you know, you never know what we're going through. So that's the that, that would be the toughest transition. That's how you go from good to great. It's how you handle things off stage too. Uh, you know, you be funny, but how you carry stuff off stage, you know. Now, there are some great comedians that, you know, don't have it going good in their personal lives, but somehow um, they're able to maintain, you know what I'm saying, with all the news, you know, with, with fellow comics like the Cat Williams and stuff and, and Tracy Morgan going through his injuries and stuff like that. But when those guys come back, they put it out there on the stage, you know, they put their life on stage. So that's what we have to do, man. You just put our life on stage because it's just like therapy. You know, doing this is, is therapeutic to us, not only to the audience, but to us, because we're getting that stuff off our chest, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we up there trying to be funny, and you got your girlfriend calling you black. Why, I thought you were supposed to take the trash out. I'm like, bitch, I'm about to go on stage. Why are you up there talking me <laughs> You know, you up there calling me about the goddamn gas, and I'm about to go on stage, you know. So, you know, so that stuff we go through, man. You never know, man. Never know. So your girl hit your girl hit you up before you went out texting you to take out the trash. Man, I'm gonna tell you, my ex wife. I had a wife when I started this. That that gonna tell you something right there. <laughs> I had a wife. <laughs> so, uh, I think one time, right before I went on stage, when I, my first year or two door comedy, first year door comedy, I was about to go on stage. She called me and asked me, told me. Why you leave the picture of Kool-Aid on the cabinet? You're going to have a ring on the cabinet now of Kool-Aid. And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, okay, baby. And now I'm up there about to go on stage. First thing I say, hey, y'all, who drunk some Kool-Aid? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you know, so stuff like that had happened to me, man. It happened. And it's a game boy. Well, back in April, I did my very first stand-up, and okay. I, I have the video on my Facebook. And I have to admit, it was probably one. And I've, I've, I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades. I've done almost everything as far as I, I do music. I've, I've done, uh, you know, I've done producing. I've done managing. I've done, you know, when it comes to business and tech can vouch for me. People know that, you know, I've, I've, I've done it all. That You're was one Jamaican, of the huh? hardest things <laughs> to do, and, and and mind you, I've been told I I did very good for my very first time. I I I kept to the crowd. I kept them laughing. I think I was up there for almost fifteen minutes, and um, okay. I think out of the it was just an open house. It was one of my um one of my girlfriend's anniversary. We went out and um around that time, and you know it was just it was spare of the moment and i had a little bit of alcohol in me so that helped out a lot too but i i did mm-hmm. very very good but what i noticed that when i was up there and i was telling the jokes what people fail to realize how hard it is is that when you tell somebody a joke you may know the joke your friends may know the joke because they know you but when you're trying to display that joke to your audience and they don't know what you're really saying it's a lot harder because you have to break down the joke and I didn't realize it as I was up there and I was saying stuff. And I was like, you know, at first it was kind of like, eh, you know, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, hold up. They don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And right mm-hmm. then and there, I realized, I said, God damn, this is hard. Like, <laughs> like this is not easy. And I have so much respect for comedians because 
you do it so well, and I mean, I, of course, I know you have to study, you have to practice, you have to rehearse and stuff. You know, you go over jokes. You know, some of y'all have writers and and, and fellow uh, comedians that you you know y'all help you know to to big to build yourself. You know, to be funny, and you got to stay relevant, so you know you keep up with your jokes and stuff. But that one moment, I really like you know from all the the Eddie Murphys, the Richard Pryce, the Red Foxes, you know the Chris Rocks. Uh, you know, the uh, Eddie Griffins and, and Chris Tucker's and, and now, you know, Cat Williams, Kevin Hart and all that, and even yourself, mm-hmm. I have so much respect for your craft. Because, and people, if y'all listening, I know this, we are a wrestling show, if you think that you can just get on that stage and just crack a few jokes and everybody just want to bust out dying laughing, you got another thing coming. <laughs> Don't embarrass yourself. Hey, it's just like, uh, 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 and, and I appreciate that that you appreciate the craft, and that's very important because, uh, just like the the, the wrestlers, man, they perfect their craft and what they do, and mm-hmm. and similar to us comedians, we go on out there, and uh, where it's different, where you having a, a wrestling or, or you tangoing with uh, another wrestler, we up there by ourselves. In some cases, if you're not a duo, you up there by yourself, like a, a tightrope without no net. And you putting yourself out there uh, in front of strangers, like you say. You know, your friends might know that, or family members. You might ran some lines past them, but you know, you got complete strangers uh, judging you. Then, uh, yeah, it can't have mm-hmm. an effect. You know, I have seen some uh, people go up there. I'll tell you this, this story right here. One night, open mic, uh, went to an open mic comedy night. A comedian went up on stage. He he said, "Hey everybody, how y'all doing?" Crowd said, "Hey, how you doing?" He said, "I love to go work out, man. I go put my speedos on and I go work out." Hey, excuse me, y'all. So he got off stage, walked toward the back of the club, and people just waited. I thought he was gonna come back with some speedos. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this cat walked out the back door and never came back. <laughs> well, he never came back. And I, I saw him a month later. I saw him a month later. I said, hey, man, what happened? He said, man, I just froze up, man. He said, I just froze up. Because we all sat there for about two or three minutes like, hey, what's, where you at? <laughs> and they were like, bring on the next comedian. You know, go ahead and bring the next comic on. And uh, so, hey, you going up there doing it like that for that long, that's good too, man. That's good yeah, too. Yeah, I, I have the video on my Facebook, yeah. and you know what? I know it's an unrelated topic. I would like for you to view it and tell me what you think, because for someone of your stature, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to get into comedy, please, by any. You know, it, it was just something tech, that I tech. did, you, and that's I was what they told always I say. You hear them, Tech? I ain't uh, trying to get into comedy, but I just want you to look at it, and if you like it, when can I get a kid? The reason why I'm in Alabama is because you are a professional comedian, and for a professional uh-huh. level, you will look at it a lot different than everybody else, including myself. Right. You will say, right. you know, hey, that was pretty good, or you know what, you know, you, you might got, or you was like, nah, man, you know, that's that's, nah, you know, and I I will respect the criticism because, you know, like I said, it was a spare in the moment. I went up there and did it. I'm not planning no tour. I'm not going to comedy clubs. I'm, I, I'm too old. I'm in my 30s. I'm, I, that's, this is where the age where you kind of know what you want to do. Tell me you ain't got no age. I'm a funny guy. You know, I'm a funny guy, but I'm not a comedian. And I think a comedian is a professional. Well, let me ask, let, let, let me ask you this, game boy. Let me ask you, game boy. 
Tech, have you seen the video, Tech? Um, I saw it. I saw a snippet of it. I only saw about like maybe two minutes. See, he already told me. He hit me with the um. Uh, I didn't uh, think. Yeah, I. Uh... Can see, <laughs> can see with N- see see with NFC Game Boy. He have a lot of videos of him performing and him actually rapping. So I had to go back okay. and think about the actual stand up he did. But I didn't get a chance to really see all of it. From what I did see, he did pretty well. But like I said, that's. That, that's now, a whole track. How are you going to say that if you only seen two minutes? <laughs> I had to give Bob what I saw. Well, let me, tell you, <laughs> let me tell you this, Game Boy. Let me tell you this. Okay. We, uh, auditions. Hey, they, uh, I went to audition for last comic standing. They gave us 90 seconds. You get 90 seconds. You know, so, you know, get you a hot two minutes, you be standing next to Nick Cannon. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Mm. I'll think about that. But in the meantime, I want to say I, I respect your profession, and I want you to know on behalf of myself, you know, I, I, it's a, as a and to all the people that's listening, it is very, very hard. It's very, very tough. Just because you're funny around your friends or you're funny when you're drunk or you're funny in school or you're funny, you know, don't think that you can go on stage and just start cracking jokes right. and money just going to start pouring in. It doesn't work like that. It's a business just like everything else is. And everything, right. and I respect the business. <laughs> well, I appreciate now, that mission statement. No problem, no problem. And with that element, of course, you know here, you know we we talked off air, we met, and I, I could vouch, you know, Tech can vouch, and, and some of my family members and my girlfriend and all can say Alabama's a funny dude. Some people are just naturally funny, and I ran into you a couple of times. Besides the comedy factor at Chipotle or just at a store, and just a natural conversation, you've been funny. And you haven't necessarily tried to be funny or tried to tell a joke, but just your humor and just the way you um, your outlook on things is funny, and that's a good thing. Um, with that being said, Alabama, we're going to put you on the spot. With all of these comedians going out, with, with Kevin Hart, you got Mike Epps, and, you know, all these people, Nick Cannon, are there any comedians out there right now that you feel are, in your opinion, in your professional opinion, that's overrated? Um, <laughs> See, you know, I told you that's how we do it. They're gonna put you on the spot. That's how we do it. Get you on the spot. Uh, I am. I'm overrated. <laughs> no, we ain't talking about you, brother. We ain't talking about you, brother. I'm, I'm <laughs> overrated. I don't know why people laugh at me. Uh, I'm fooling them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I. Let me answer this like that, like this, man. Sure. Um, with this comedy, it's 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 a comedy is in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, what somebody might think is funny, another person might think is funny. Uh, I do know there are some comedians out there that's uh, uh, not as funny as as others that who have not known. But you know, uh, me being in this business, I understand that that always doesn't factor into everything. Uh, who you got surrounding you, who see you, uh, and things of that. So uh, I wouldn't quite say anybody is overrated. It's all about what the people want at the time. You know, uh, at one point, Cat Williams was hot. Uh, Mike Els was hot. Kevin Hart is hot, you know. But, you know, but that's just on on one side of comedy, you know. You won't get that cross appeal, you know. Uh, Craig Robinson is getting a lot of play now. Um, uh, Claire Robinson came from the Def Jam, and now he's more national mainstream uh, comedian. You know, so 
I don't think I would never call anybody overrated because you are who what the people think you are. You know, same amount of people that love me, I might have the same amount of people that might not, you know, for whatever reason that might be, you know. And I have them keep people killed, you know. Uh but anyway, uh I didn't say that this ain't this ain't live, is it? Uh oh, yeah, it is live. Live, live, live always. Right, right. Uh, you say what you want though. Uh uh overrated to me Jimmy Fowler. Jimmy Fowler. Uh, okay. uh, he talented though, but he uh, he he kind of overrated. If I had to take somebody, so. Okay. Um, but Jimmy, if you listening, man, I, I still want to come on your show. Okay. <laughs> 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 that's, that's how people do. We talk about you. They be like, "Hey, man, please, you know, get, please put me on." Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and especially in the wake of. Uh, with uh, out recently with the Cheryl Underwood uh, talking about how the Queens of Comedy um, uh, little issue uh, with them talking about how I heard back. So, uh, you know. Yeah. We're going to ask you something, too, real quick. Um, we can have a couple more minutes. Uh, okay. Everybody's wondering, you know, you being one of the alumni at the Comedy Factory, and we also want to mm-hmm. get big ass to uh, Comedian C.J. Bernie, I'm sure he's listening. He'll probably listen late. Big ups to um, him too. Y'all hey, move to the comedy factory. Y'all yeah. move to comedy factory. You know, y'all mm-hmm. downtown at Power Plant Live, and Correct. now y'all moved. Explain that move, mm-hmm. brother, because a lot, a lot of people. And I don't know if any Game Boy get it, but I, I've had many people ask, "Why they, why the hell they move? What they move for? They leave it downtown, and now I'm all the way across town. Why, why you had a platform? Explain why the move was made." And how do you feel about the new location of the Baltimore Comedy Factory? Um, well, I, I don't know if I can completely answer that, only because mm-hmm. I, I didn't receive much information prior to the move uh, about uh, the reasoning and why. Um, I can only say that uh, to this new location, which is that just you know ten minutes from somewhere our other location, that uh, we it's not like uh, we out in the boonies. Uh, some people in the Baltimore City might seem that way, but um, uh, the area, the complaints as far as uh, people um, parking and things of that nature, mm-hmm. as far as the, the, the patrons, I think it's better because <laughs> what we had is free parking, um, it's a bigger spot, uh, but also behind the scene, uh, Cordis really didn't uh, cater to the audience that was having down there. Um, us being, uh, they didn't want the crowd, and we have a lot of, uh, say, black black acts, uh, black comedians uh, come down there, and uh, that's what that come to our club. But that area, uh, quarters didn't want uh, that crowd there, and what I mean by that crowd is they don't want black people down there. So <laughs> the club club knowing that uh, along with myself knowing that uh, that's is a, a great amount of uh, of our audience or the audience rather uh, so we move so yeah. whoever listened to from Cordish yeah I said 
They got they, so downtown. You know, they want black. They, they didn't want black people. They, they didn't want black people up in there. The hell, screw them, man. They didn't say it to it. They didn't say it. My girlfriend said, "Now you gotta pay a toll. <laughs> you gotta pay to- a toll now yeah, to get yeah, to y'all. Yeah, it's four dollars now. You know what I'm saying? If you coming from a certain way, well, you have a reimbursement. You know, we coming from where we at? Y'all gonna have a reimbursement like a little ticket stub, like a little voucher. You know, you pay four dollars. Come on, that's funny. No, you need to call Better Business Bureau. Yeah, investigate yourself. I'm done with this interview. Well, I I do have one question for you. Um, actually, it's a Mm -hmm. two-part question. And I know uh, this is a wrestling show, everybody, but you know, it's it's rare that we got you know local celebrities, you know, to to come on and not only talk about wrestling, but to to talk about their craft. Um, my Mm -hmm. two-part question is this. My first one is. I already, well, I'm not going to say I already know, but I, I can already assume what your answer would be if I asked you who's your all-time favorite black comedian. But I'm going to ask you who's your all-time favorite white comedian and who what white mm-hmm. comedian do you like now that you really is like, you know, hey, I really like this guy. So my, my two-part question, first of all, is who's your all-time favorite white Caucasian uh, comedian and who is your favorite uh, white Caucasian comedian of today? Okay, my favorite white comedian, uh, um, um, all time, uh, Steve Martin. Uh, I always loved Steve mm. Martin. Um, mm. Watching the Jerk, uh, watching his movies, watching his stand up, uh, him on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I always liked him. He, he, he used a lot of props, but his facial expressions and things like that way. Uh, I really like Steve Martin and uh, uh, white comedian today. Um, uh, Wayne Brady. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, <laughs> Close enough. I'm joking, Wayne. I, I'm joking, Wayne. Don't have Wayne. Wayne Brady. We have to slap me. Slap somebody. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's a good. That's a that's a good question. Uh, I have quite a few, but if I had to narrow it down, uh, it's a guy that I work with. Um. And plus, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of his. His name Anthony Jezinek. Uh He had a show on Comedy Central. Uh, we real good friends, you know. Mm-hmm. We get high. Never mind. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we real good <laughs> friends of mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Anthony Jezinek, man. Uh, okay. Yeah, y'all Google him. Man. He's funny. He does a lot of the roast on Comedy Central. Uh, he's. A, I'm a I've actually heard of, of his name. I yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of him. Did you say something about my favorite black comedian? I, well, I'm pretty sure I know some of your favorite black comedians because mostly the guys who paved the way for, for yourself and for fans like myself, you know, I, I know like the Bill Cosby, the Richard Pryor, and, and Eddie. the Eddie Murphys and all that. I'm, I, I'm I, taking I, Red Fox. Yeah, I, oh, oh, I most definitely love them, but mine's... Uh, uh, with me, uh, in my own, in my, in, true in my heart, uh, Robert Harris, man, like Robert Harris and Bernie Ooh. Mac, those, those oh. two right there, oh. those two are, are the the comedians uh, that I uh, that I want that I look at, like boom, you mm. know, uh, uh, Tommy Davidson was one of the ones that actually made me really want to do comedy because he was so talented. He, he, he went up that song. 
you know, he was funny and he had music and stuff like that. Because when I first started, that's how that's how I did it. But Robin Harris and that Bernie Mac, that type of that uncle talking to you, that that yeah, that, that, yeah. those guys mm-hmm. right there, those ones. And um, one of the ones guys that was underrated, since we're talking about overrated, yeah. you know, I, can, I can help you more on the underrated. Um, rest in peace, Patrice O'Neal. Uh, yeah, he was a guy that was very, very uh, uh, influenced on on how I do and what type of comedian I want to present. He was actually um, supposed to be at our comedy club two weeks prior to his death. So wow. uh, I still have his posters and stuff like that. So uh, you know, rest in peace, Patrice. But that's it, man. Yeah. Steve Martin. I love Steve Martin and. Uh, I watched all the Monty Pythons and stuff like that. I know y'all might be a little younger. Yeah, but, I don't uh, know. To, to understand that. Yeah, but show. Like Holy Grail. Yeah, the Monty like Pythons, uh, Super Dave Osborne, uh, those types of guys, Gary Shandling. You know, I watched all of them. I watched everybody, you know, because so, I know that's the type of audience I want to have. I want to have everybody. I want to make everybody laugh, not just, uh, uh, well, it, you just know, a, just not. To your thought, first of all, mm-hmm. I, I have to be shocked. Steve Martin is definitely, and I own the jerk. Yeah, I own the, the yeah. 20th anniversary. I remember seeing the jerk yeah. back in the 80s. And, the oh, jerk. Lord, that's a funny movie. <laughs> that's yeah. a funny movie. Them cans. They yeah, shooting at them cans. <laughs> like, Mama. I love it. Mama, I'm, I'm free. <laughs> he walked to the gate. Yeah. And, sit and they like, you got to go a little further than that, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm a Benny Hill out. fan. I'm, I think Benny Hill is probably one of my, yeah, all, my favorite Hill. white comedians. Uh, um, and today, I, I love Daniel Tosh, who got the show Tosh Point Yeah, right. Daniel Tosh is is by far one of the funniest white comedians I've seen in a long time. Um, and as far as black comedian, my all time favorite black comedian, believe it or not, is really Chris Rock. And the only reason why I say Chris Rock is because growing up intellectually, Chris Rock was the first comedian I saw that really took politics into a black man using politics of the world into his stand-up. Right. But, you know, Richard Pryor and all of them, and, and Eddie told stories about their childhoods and, you know, their, their shortcomings and stuff, you know, that we can relate to. Chris went away with, at that time it was new to me, Probably not new to the craft, but it was new to me to that he took the, you know, talked about uh, uh, Marion Barry and how he how he win his mm-hmm. his campaign. Coca-Cola. He was a crackhead, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like who ran who ran against him? You know, <laughs> like you think about stuff like that, and I thought that was right. very very funny. But well, um, real quick, Alabama. Yeah, great. real quick, real quick, Alabama. Um, my girlfriend just said up. Uh, she said, "What about Gary Owen?" What's your thoughts on him? Oh, good question. What we're saying is on him. What's your thoughts on Gary Owen? Um, uh, he's a, a, a very funny black comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. And real quick, before we let you go, in Alabama, I know we talked off air, and I told you I was going I was gonna bust you on, on air. Your thoughts, my man, on the Illuminati. <laughs> 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 Hey, I, 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 I want to thank y'all for having me on this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I can do a drop for you if you want, but I have yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, um, 
let us, our fans know in the area um, when the next time you're going to be performing and, and, yeah. and uh, you know, directions to the comedy club and everything, how to, to come down and get tickets. Okay. Uh, if you want to come down and see me, I'll be this Thursday and Friday night at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. Uh, like uh, Tech said, we had a new location at 5625 O'Donnell Street. I'll be there with uh, John Lovett from Saturday Night Live. Uh, with oh, yeah. appearing and, and also also um, Capone from Shaq Comedy All-Star and Devs Comedy Jam. He'll be appearing. Mm-hmm. I also have Esau McGraw, who does a lot of plays here, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, comedy, been on P. Diddy Bad Boy. So we got a great lineup uh, Thursday and Friday and Saturday at the Comedy Factory. Saturday I also will be in Fredericksburg, Virginia, uh, performing down in Fredericksburg. You can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, at Funny Bama uh, on Twitter, I uh, give information details of the show. Or if you're on Instagram, you can hit me up at Comedian Alabama on Instagram, just Comedian Alabama, and uh, they can come down and see me. And if you want to come to the Comedy Factory, go to www.baltimorecomedy.com. That's baltimorecomedy.com. Uh, ticket prices, shows availability is on there. Phone numbers, details, directions. To the club would be there too, and they got some nice pictures of me on there for my photos, and people get to see all the comedians that we don't have, I don't work with. Um, so uh, that's it, man. Uh, and, we'll have a good weekend, and, you know. And with that being said, Alabama, we thank you and big ups to uh, our correspondent Shimblade, um, who is uh, responsible for uh, bringing Alabama on the show. I uh, want to give give you a big yeah. up, Steve. Yeah, Shimblade. what's up, thank well, man? Much. Tell him I said, tell him thank you, man. He, uh, you know, I got on to him at the show, man. He was up there sitting by himself. You know, somebody his girlfriend was sick, but she wasn't sick. She didn't want him to get out the house. Yeah. So. Hey man, you right, Alabama. Check out my video too, Alabama. Let me know. All right, what? Well, all right, game boy, hit me up. Well, you know, we, um, uh, you know, check hit me up. You know, with the information, so I can go look at. It. I can go look at that, man. I'll okay, thank you, Robert, I appreciate that. Let you know. All right, man. Thank you. All right, man. It's a pleasure. Take care. We'll see you soon. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks. All right, bro. Everybody that was a nationally known great comedian from Alabama that now resides here in Baltimore City, uh, Alabama. Um, And it's a game, boy. Your quick thoughts. I believe we have a a couple of callers on the line. I just want to say real quick, um, what a, a honor to get a chance to have someone of the craft. Uh, I know we good friends with CJ uh, Bernie, and um, you know Alabama. I, I've never been to the comedy club, but I actually am going to have a chance to come down there and see him perform and, and see him interact because you know I've heard a lot about him and I remember his name uh, in the ranks. So I definitely want to check it out, man. And um, Thank him for coming on under the mat and, and giving you fans a, a taste of something just a little different, you know, from the usual. Yeah, so how about you, Jack? Oh, I love you. Alabama, very funny guy. Um, got to meet him <laughs> a few times, you know, uh, yeah, off the air. Yeah, and too, man, for, for bringing him on, man. Our correspondent, Shimbley, the sensational yeah, one. Yes, and thank you, Shimbley. I'm not going to keep calling him. I'm not going to keep I'm not gonna keep calling him the sensational one. That's Ain't that, his, ain't that his nickname? Like, that, that's, his, name that's is like a, a, his name his name is Shimbley. Man Love Just call him Shimbley. He's oh, kind of a man, uh, sensational one. <laughs> but saying, big ups to Shim, man. Yeah, All big right, ups to sensational one, man. Big ups, uh, you know, for him. Uh, I got to say it once to plug him, you <laughs> know. I ain't going to keep calling him. Keep calling him a man sensational one. Yeah. 
I'm trying to have them. You know what? The girls, the girls like titles, man. You know, the girls like titles. They hear title, they they call them that. You know, the, hey, you mm-hmm. know, it might be a, a, a title for them. You know what I'm saying? You know. Mm-hmm. And when, when uh, but shout out when to I... my man, you know, for 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 yeah, helping thanks, us out and great oh. guests, man. Thank you. On all seriousness, Shannon, I know, I know we take around a lot, but thanks much for that. Um, we're going to be ranking them back on momentarily. Uh, we have a caller, Aria Code T19. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio with Tech and NFC Game Boy. Yes, yeah, fellas, glad to be here. Yeah, hey. This uh, uh, Sherwin? Pardon me? <laughs> Hello? Mm-hmm. Aria Code, I'm sorry, yeah. you're breaking up. Aria Code T19? Yeah, we called two one nine. What's up, fellas? What's going on, baby? How you going on? Oh, not much. Listening to the show, enjoying it here. Real pros do radio. Thank you. Oh yeah, it is. (laughs) Anything you want to add? We got a new network now. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, it is, and everybody that doesn't know. Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a prize call. Anybody don't know, this is a. WWE legendary trio from Men on a Mission. This is Oscar from Men on a Mission, WWE alumni. Um, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling fine, man. It's been a rough weekend, and it's turned out to be a real rough week. So, <laughs> other than that, I mean, I'm hanging in there. How you fellas doing? Oh, we're doing good, bro. We're doing good. Um, What's doing been going good. on? What's What's, what's happening? All right, now, before I say anything, <clears throat> you guys follow the news like nobody's business. You guys have You guys really have, don't don't know what's been happening? Yeah, I, I know what's been happening. The, right, comments, okay. the comments that's been made. Yeah, uh, all right, yeah. well, what, what uh-huh. have you heard? What is your take on it, and what is your question? That's why I'm here. Okay, Um. for the fans who don't know, real quick to follow you up, um, there's been accusations that uh, some money has been misplaced and not gone to its proper uh, place. Um, the wife of Vizera, um had came out with allegations stating that his former tag partner, Mo had took money from them and donations that people had sent in toward uh, uh, Big V's funeral and mishandled a lot of the money and everything. And that's the big uh, case that has been going around all this weekend. And I'm pretty sure, Oscar, you're going you're gonna to bless us by giving us yeah. the, the word of what's been really going on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, first of all, let me preface this by saying that I can only say what it is of the whole thing that I actually know. I mean, uh, during the pre- funeral preparations, I wasn't there. Uh, I, you know, can't say exactly who sent money in or nothing like that. What I can tell you is I had my finger on the pulse because throughout the whole thing, I was in constant communication. First, I was in constant communication with her. But early on, she said something that really rubbed me the wrong way. So I knew right then and there to distance myself from dealing with her personally because all you got to do is rub me the wrong way one time. And I'm going to be there for the situation because Nelson was my brother. But as far as dealing with you, per se, and it could have been her. It could have been any of his family members. It could have been anybody. you know. But I know 
before things get out of hand, before I say a bunch of things that I probably wish I never said, before I got before I got to that point, I knew to distance myself from that side of the situation. That being said, let me tell y'all something. A lot of people are gonna say, "Well, Oscar, you uh, you're gonna be partial tomorrow and not be objective." Well, yeah, I'm gonna have some impartiality because if you had a brother that did something wrong, he shot somebody in the head. You might turn him into the police because it's the right thing to do. You might not. But the one thing you are not going to do is you are not going to feed him to a lynch mob that's coming. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, everybody, everybody, I'm sure, with common sense, when it comes to family, can agree with that. Now, that being said, here's the facts as I know them. Mo was broke before this happened. He was broke while it happened. And he's broke now. All right. When when they say first of all that hundreds of people made donations, I could tell you right now that that's a blatant lie. Now lie. There were no hundreds of people making donations because when he first asked for donations, because Nelson didn't have insurance or anything like that, and a lot of us don't, and these things happen. When he first asked for it, and people started making sideways comments. About two or three days later into those requests, he shut that down. He got on Facebook and he got on his other social media and said, you know what, I'm already having problems with people sending donations or anything like that, so I would just prefer if y'all did not do it. All right. There were a couple of close friends that he had and a couple of people close to the wrestling business. When they sent donations in, he has proof that that money went directly to her. Oh, he has proof that if it went to him, he's got proof that he actually signed the money over to her or gave her the money, and people know they did. There was a guy named Christopher Costa. In a, in a, a, a text message, Christopher Costa acknowledged that he, that he knew for a fact that she had got a card that had money in it. All right, that's the first thing. Number two... She claims that she's now claiming today, I'm reading, that there were six figures involved. Six figures? The man needs a kidney transplant, but trying to raise money for that, not just for months, for years. If he got six figures or anything, he'd have a mechanical kidney right now, let alone any kind of kidney. He had a donor. His daughter is going to be a donor. He's got insurance, but he still has a, 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 a copay of like 20 or 30 grand to do it. So he's still going to dialysis all the time. And number three, how credibility. I mean, if you really, really read in between the lines about stuff she's reading, stuff she says, and a whole bunch of things that I am just crackling and dying to mention on the air, but I'm trying to be politically correct, and I'm trying my best not to slam anybody. But I'm sorry. Yeah, you, know, and you know, Oscar, they, TMZ might try to pick this up, and you might see uh, this on TMZ or something, you know, because yeah, our fans, somebody you know, will put go. this up. Oh, Oscar said this about, you know. Mm-hmm. So I understand, you know. You're yeah, on, I, on. yeah, Oscar said I'm going to put it to you folks like this. If I wasn't close to the situation, right, and I knew thing, and I knew about her, I knew about him, I'm in a room, and I'm listening at his evidence or looking at his evidence and hearing his side of the story and hearing her side of the story, and I know I don't know nothing. I'm being objective. I'm more likely to believe him because he's a lot more of a credible person in all this than she is. 
she has shot her credibility to hell. And, you know, I can say this because it's not, it's not something I'm making up or just something I know. Right, right, right after his death, the provocative pictures that she posted on Facebook, who does that? Uh, the things that she says, you know, kissing up on, I don't even know his name, some other wrestler she done hooked up with, and this was months ago. The guy's body is not even cold in the ground. There's been a lot of things that I personally, as the man's brother, found hurtful. A lot of things that were said that I found to be just, just not just deplorable, but disgusting. And for eight months later, for eight months later, for her to even come out to say anything is just downright wrong and downright skeevy. And I mean, on top of this, you fellas might have heard this. Why are you even bringing up anything? The WWE settled with her from, from what I understand, two hundred thousand dollars at ten thousand dollars a month, ten thousand dollars a month that she's receiving from them for God knows even why. I don't even know why she's getting that money. But if they settle with you, let it go. What are you bringing us up for? I mean, there's there's there's, there's nothing else. That, the man don't owe you nothing else. His name is on the funeral contract. He got that posted on Facebook, and Wrestling News Center picked up where his name was on the funeral contract. He's the one that took care of everything when it comes down to that. Does she have to sell a bunch of stuff? Uh, that's Dreamy Me. What you say, Mimi? Because you want under the mat radio telling you outside. Doing it because she's not relevant anymore. Yep. Soon as things start clearing up, where you know Nelson's death has, has been some months, and that she's not in the media or anything like that anymore, now she needs something to bring herself back up. Right. <laughs> you, you heard it from the Queen Bee. That's uh, Dreamy Mini from Not Your Mama's Radio Show, who's been monitoring the situation. Uh, was, uh, was Okay, the other thing, too, let me point out. If hundreds of people made donations, where were all these people at the funeral? We went to the funeral, drove from Chicago to Memphis, there were like 40 people there. So if the whole bunch of people made these donations, they shouldn't show up to the funeral. I mean, it's just a whole bunch of lies, and it's just a lot of crap. I'm sorry. So that, that's my tangent. Well, we, we know that we know that you you're hurting right now because you were yeah. close, you know, to, to V, you know, and I, I know that you know this is this is a trying time because someone that allegedly is supposed to be close is is making and like I said these accusations because when I read it, I was like, come on, man, like you know, I'm reading it and I'm like, really, you know, I I do know I've heard stories of Mo, uh, begging. Uh, people for help with his kidney, uh, I, try, I think transplant or something. I've, I've I've read stories about this. He's he's asked different wrestlers or people in the business, you know, for help. If you need help, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna ask for it. You know, what other what other thing can you do? You know, and he doesn't mm-hmm. deny that. You know, he says that yeah, I've asked people for help, and I've heard him on uh, a show say that. You know, so it's not like he is made up, but. When I read this, it it really kind of turned me the wrong way because it's really distracting people from his memory, and that's what I would think right. that his wife, you know, even if this was true, there's just things and ways to go about it. There's ways to really to resolve it and to to really go to the proper channels instead of going out on these sites and and backlashing and and just you know yelling and screaming and, and pointing fingers as your fault and your fault and your fault. Maybe you didn't do right as a wife. Mm-hmm. Did anybody ask that question? And, you know, and, and like Maybe. and like Mimi said, 
she's irrelevant right now. So she's trying to do everything she can do to get exactly. over. But she's using negative. I mean, she's in the death of her husband to try to get I, over right now. And I state. never met that the man. Right. I've heard him. I, we almost had a chance to have him on the show. I'm sorry that he has that he has passed on. I know that he's in a better place. But for you to every time that you lash out like this, just know that you're taking away from his memory, and you're bringing not only distrust to to yourself but to your name, which is what you carry, what he left to you. You know, it's just it's better ways to deal with the situation. And I, you know, I'm not I'm not shooting shots at her. I don't want her to come up and say, "Oh, this little radio show said no." Because if I want to pick shots, we are trust and believe I pick shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we we don't back down. To no man or woman, but know this: if my friend, my brother Oscar, who have come on the show and thank you very much for coming, said I want to set the record straight, I'm gonna believe him just a little bit more than I believe you, because <laughs> you know I don't know you, and apparently for what I've been seeing, I'm not impressed. And usually when you see something and you've had that feeling. And we all, and it's not a black thing, it's not a white thing, it's just a person thing, it's human nature. Right. You got that feeling that something just ain't right, then it usually ain't not right. You know, yeah, so thank you, bro. It's a thing to address what you said. You know, take Kamala, for instance. He got diabetes and lost both his legs. Now, he needs help. So he had a, a Kickstarter to raise $12,000, and God bless him, they raised 17000 for his book, and some of the money is going to go to that, you know, for his treatment and for his medical needs. Nobody's, nobody, nobody's saying nothing negative about that. that man, I mean, if that man don't get a kidney transplant, he's going to die. So there's nothing wrong with him, you know, asking for help for something. I mean, we all need help. Nobody's going to, a closed mouth don't get fed. If I needed help with something like that, and I'm in a, I'm in a wrestling fraternity or the football fraternity or the radio fraternity or the I'm in a math fraternity, I'm going to swallow my pride and say, this is going on. I've exhausted all my resources. Is there anything that you guys can do to help me? That don't make me a bad person. That don't make me a low life. That don't make me a bum. That just simply means I need help. And, 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 and for the people who can swallow their pride when they need help and come out and ask for it and get it, then God, and God you know, God, because these, these people got real problems. It's not a scam that, he, that, that he's going to dialysis all the time and that he need a kidney transplant. If he's going to get a kidney transplant sooner or later, his kidneys are going to fail, and then that's going to be another one of men on a mission gone. And, 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 and oh, God, see, I'm, I'm, I'm really starting to get emotional now. But I'm just, I'm just making a point. But she's going to make the right. comment that him and his dialysis machine need to go to prison. I mean, what do what, you what, 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 read the comedy com, com, to Alabama and Capone and people like right. that? Because you're not flipping funny. Real quick, Oscar. You know what I wasn't going to do this. You guys are going to want to hear this. You guys are going to hear this. Was it funny when Moore's daughter witnessed you in the shed drunk out of your mind and your husband that you loved so much, you took the urn and spilled the ashes all over the ground? I bet you guys didn't know that, did you? No, no we did not. We didn't. And with that wow. being said, Oscar, we got about 20 seconds left on the show. So we, we do thank you much for calling, man. We do yeah, thank you much. We're going to have you back thank on you. next week for that. All right, okay, everybody. We're going to talk with you. 
Thanks, everybody listening to Under the Mat Radio. Thank you much. This is your host, Tech, with co-host NFC Game Boy. Thank you, everybody, the card named David Feller, IHWE, and the comedian Alabama, and the sensational one. Thank you very much Shimbley. for everything. Love y'all much. Thank you much, Shimbley, for calling. Week, Thank you much for talking. Wow. Take us up next week. We will post. We'll be having on the show next week. We have a loaded show. NFC Game Boy, last time to work.